Hey guys, it's Hussain. In this podcast, I'd like to go through uh, the HTTP protocol. I want to talk about uh, the origin, the evolution, and uh, what is coming next in this really beautiful protocol. So, this is one of the videos that I make on my YouTube channel, and uh, it is around 40 minutes long. So enjoy uh, listening to this while you're in the gym or commuting to work and uh, uh, the aspects that we're going to discuss in this audio recording is uh, we're going to talk about the HTTP anatomy, we're going to talk about how HTTP is actually a client server architecture request response, we're going to talk about HTTP 1.0 over TCP the original 1996 version was wrong with it how we fixed it with HTTP 1.1 which dominated the web for 20 years then how Google invented HTTP 2 right over TCP with compression multiplexing then finally the next gen HTTP 3 which is HTTP 2 over quick the quick protocol which replaces TCP this is coming up enjoy Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. HTTP is a protocol for transferring web pages, text, images, media, binary files, and much, much, much more. It stands for Hypertext Transfer Protocol. It is what the internet pretty much runs on. Everything you're using the internet is pretty much runs on the HTTP. In this video, we will learn how HTTP works how it is secure with HTTPS, this green lock that you see when you browse, for example, Google or Gmail, right? Or any website that is secure for that matter. We'll also learn how to spin up your own HTTP web server. We're gonna talk what is an HTTP web server to begin. We're gonna talk about that. We'll also learn very quickly about the evolution of HTTP, starting from 1.0, what changes, what bad decisions those guys made to 1.1, and then HTTP 2, which Google basically helped with Speedy, and eventually HTTP slash 3, which is still experimental, by the way, as of the making of this video, right? Has been, up, I think, approved by the Internet Engineering Task Force, but is still under experimental. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Hussein, and in this channel, we discuss all sorts of software engineering by example. So if you want to become a better software engineer, consider subscribing, hit that bell icon, and like this video if you like it. That's it, let's just jump into the video, guys. So here's the agenda. We're gonna talk about the HTTP anatomy, right? Well, so the essentially this layer seven concept, right? And the, how it is actually a client server architecture. 
mainly. And uh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to show you how a rec HTTP request show looks like, uh, how a response looks like. And then we're going to talk about the HTTP 1.0 over TCP. Okay, so that's the first version. I think it was 1996 when it was first released. There was a version before that, but I'm not going to go through that. That's like pretty much that was the popular version. 1.0. Then there was a lot of problem with this thing. They invented 1.1, still for a long time, 1.1. Most of the sites now running still 1.1 over TCP. I'm not going to talk about what that mean, really, over TCP, right? And uh, HTTP 2 over TCP, and finally, we're going to talk about HTTP 2 over Quick, which is a UDP version that Google is experimenting with. So it's a UDP protocol. Okay, and uh, it has actually has more features, right? And I'm gonna reference a video that we made TCP versus UDP. I really highly recommend you watch that, guys. It's a, like, a, like a mini course, 40 minutes. It's a free, you can watch it. And I talk about the details of TCP versus UDP. And, and I really, really, if you know the basics, you can jump into the video, that's okay. But really, take, take some time and watch that, TCP versus UDP. This is the experimental version. They are renaming it to HTTP3. All right, so it is client-server architecture. We know how client-server architecture works. There is a client somewhere. There is a server somewhere. You, as a client, request something that is only available on that server. You send a request. The server responds with a response, okay? That's a client-server architecture. For the web, for the HTTP, the client is, guess what? Your browser. Most 99% of cases, like you are browsing something, right? If you go to google.com, you're making an HTTP GET request, okay? And there is eventually a server that lands. That request goes through proxies and switches and, and go through TCPs and, and get packets. Finally, reaches the destination server where it is an HTTP web server, okay? That finds that request, you want index.html, you want a JS JSON file, you want an image, and that takes that, shoves it up back to this vehicle, which is mostly TCP, and then sends it over to you, okay? It's a client server, it's a request response architecture, it's always been the case, okay? Does that mean that's the only thing I can request with browser? No, you can make a HTTP request from Python. You can make a HTTP request from a JavaScript application. You can make an HTTP request and you are actually making an HTTP request from your phone. If you're watching this in your phone for some, for some reason, iOS or Android, you're making a HTTP request to the service, right? If you're reaching through, through YouTube, for example, there are some HTTP requests going to the back end, okay? So HTTP request essentially is, is this medium that we, we just uh, shove everything. It's a standard. Everybody knows how to understand it, right? How to talk through it. That's why we are using it everywhere. There are some limitations. We're improving it. Google has huge contribution it's actually almost scary how a lot of contribution has uh, google on this thing okay like especially with speedy with 2.0 and 3.0 it's like almost most of the thing is just google's gonna take over the world dude all right so server i don't know if you're from the 90s like me right uh, when i started in the university in the 90s you probably used apache somewhere all right php right the LAMP stack, 
or WAMP stack, we didn't have Linux back. <laughs> I, I worked with Windows mainly. But LAMP stack, WAMP stack, whatever, right? So Apache, that's a web server. IIS, there's an Internet Information Services. That's a Windows thing that comes with your Windows. You can enable it on Windows features and you get, boo, you get a web server. You can write your own web server from scratch using Node.js. There's certain APIs that allow you to do that, right? And there's like a, when we're gonna show that, you can actually build your own, uh, you can just use a, a ready-made web server in Node.js. We're gonna use a HTTP-server to show that. Python Tornado, I made a course called Python on the backend. Little plug here, guys, check that course out. It's just showing you how to build a web server using Python and, and details about how you can serve content from Python. It's a, it's, it's a, uh, I, I'm really proud of that course. Go check it out, it's gonna help me, right? I'm gonna leave a coupon code right here. Python on the back end, I think it's just like $10. Don't buy it from Udemy, it's just gonna show you like $200 or whatever. So use my coupon code if you want. If you wanna check out that course, right? HTTP request. If you want to request, these are the four items, properties in an HTTP request. There are many others, but I would like to just talk about these things only, right? There's the URL, obviously, right? You're going HTTP, HusseinNasser.com, HTTP, Google.com, okay? Example.com, that's a URL, slash whatever twitter.com slash hnasser that's that's a url the url has a lot of components it has like the whole path the arguments all right we don't really need to talk about that i made another video i'm gonna reference it here just breaking down the url really yeah it's, it's a it's a long thing okay it's just url you're making a request you have to tell me what url you're gonna make you have to tell me what method you're talking about and these methods are really interesting i made certain videos like to explaining the differences between these detailed methods. Mostly, mostly get, post, put, delete, and I think options, and there are a lot of HTTP methods. And each method has some semantic. Get mainly says, hey, please give me an, a page or an image. So reading, essentially. It's like, almost like, if you know SQL database, there's like this semantic where select is actually a query, right? Git is the select version of the SQL, if you want. All right, and insert is basically post, and update is basically put, and delete is basically delete, right? So that's kind of if you want to. It's just different semantics, right? Git, oh, we made a video about uh, Git versus post, and the details, differences semantically between those two, okay? But you gotta tell me what do you want, right? What method are you executing, okay? And then URL, method, right, because these two things will give you essential results. Headers, what kind of content are you sending to me? Uh, are you sending any cookies? It goes in the headers. Uh, what else? It goes a lot of things here. Host, where, which host are you going to in case of proxies, right? You wanna, uh, if you wanna use a low, layer seven proxy and to kind of navigate yourself, you need to put the header host here and uh, location, other stuff as well. Buddy. Certain method types have body. That's where the difference comes right here. Like get has doesn't have a body. It will it will give you an error if you try to send a body with a get. You have to send it through the URL. And we talked about this in the video. Get versus post, right? And uh, post will have a body because hey, I'm gonna upload an image. That's a post, right? 
Okay, in the post request, you're gonna send the content type of the images image, and then you're gonna send the binary stuff in the body. So it's gonna be long, right, the body. HTTP response. I am going to hopefully make a series about all the beautiful stat status codes that are there are. Hopefully, and I'm just gonna talk through one video as each status code of one video. I'm gonna make a series. I'm really excited. Uh, tell me in the comment section if you're excited to see that series so I, I get motivated to make it sooner. Okay, but I'm gonna make it anyway. So, static code. This is, guys, you probably know it. If you make a request to a web server, it res responds with three things status code, headers, and the body. So the body is the actual image that you requested, the actual JSON content, the actual index.html file or HTML file. Headers is, hey, this is the content type is actually hey, application slash JSON, application slash text, whatever, uh, application slash octa uh, binary. Status code is actually whether that succeeded or not, or warning or all this kind of things. 200 is basically, hey, success, okay. That means you're cool. 201, that means, oh, hey, you created it. 404, it's very popular. Status code is pretty much used everywhere. 404, I couldn't find that URL that you requested. Whatever you requested here, I couldn't find it. So we return 404. And the web server has to be authored in a smart way to actually handle those things. IIS, Apache, pretty much HTTP server, Node.js is going to do that for you. But if you're writing your own web server, right, which... We kind of did in one of those videos. I'm going to find it. I'm going to reference it here. Okay. Then you have to handle those status codes for you, which is which is pretty cool if you ask me, right? So if you're like, you're creating, like if you're building a service, like a normal service, a web service, a microservice, right? You want to handle your own status codes, right? You're writing everything from scratch, right? You're making a request. You're getting a request. You have to return and you tell me that what kind of status you're returning based on that. So the client actually understand. Other clients understand. All right, let's show some example, guys. We're going to show two examples. We're going to show you how to browse because you guys obviously don't know how to use the internet. I'm going to show you how to uh, navigate the internet and just browse using the browser. Okay, because that's what you came for this video for. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, we're gonna show you the browser. Gonna show you the request that's going on. All right, and we're gonna show you how to spin up your own HTTP web server. Okay, let's get into it. I'm here. I've opened Chrome, and I am. I just went incognito, just so I don't have any caches or anything, right? So I want to just start from scratch, and I want to go to my website, which is www.husseinnasser.com. Can't even spell my name. Okay, and. This is this is the request that we made. Okay, we went to HusseinNasser.com and this is what we got back. Okay, let's analyze that. If you go to this three dots, right? I think it's called Burger Button, whatever. More tools, developer tools. Let's see what happened here. You go to network and you say if you go after the fact that you browse, you're not gonna see anything. But if the moment you refresh, you're gonna see the whole those requests. Oh my God! Look at that. Look at that, my website actually sucks, man. I'm using Blogspot, and look at all this. This request, this is slow, right? Because you're making a lot of requests. But that's the first request that goes here, okay? And let's talk about these things real bit, okay? That's the request, okay? So we made a request to HusseinNasser.com, right? Let's look at the request headers. What do we have? have a lot of stuff guys we are going to hussainnasser.com the method that we talked about is get the path the url is just slash right 
uh, whether you're using HTTPS, we're going to talk about a little bit about HTTPS. Actually, we talked about TLS and another video. We're going to reference that as well. But what do you expect except as a result? Again, coding and cache, whether you want to cache it or not, and so many other things, the user agent. So this is a request, right? The response is the actual, the response headers, right? Say, I'm sending you back what? text html because that's the index.html or whatever the page was as you can see you can, you can even tell that i'm using blogger right and uh, the date e-tag for caching we made a video about e-tag i'm gonna reference it here how, how caching actually works pretty cool stuff really guys and the status 200 that means it is coolish that means it is coolish and this is just like a general uh, summary of all the requests right so we have status 200 get and all that stuff remote server like what is the remote address actually served you this could be a little bit uh, different because it could be actually it might be the proxy for uh, IP address but uh, nevertheless right cookies whether you have used cookies whether the server created cookies guys I'm gonna reference I'm gonna go I referenced a lot of videos like we made a lot of videos Cookies, we made a course about cookies. Actually, just, it's just a free course, check it out. It's just talking about the different kind of cookies. You would think a simple concept like cookies is a, a simple thing, but it has a lot of things, and we talked about that as well. And the response, look at that, that's our HTML file. And you can see, this is just the first request, guys, right? After that, after we got that, we got a bunch of index.html, and the browser says, ooh, that's just, there's a lot of URL here, right? I need to stop pulling some stuff. So the browser said, oh, let's go ahead and make other requests. Started with CSS for some reason, right? So it looks like it looked at the first thing, it looks at like the headers of this thing, right? And started pulling one of them one by one manually. Oh, CSS, let's put the CSS. And then the plus one.js. What is this thing? Plus one.js. I don't even see it, but it's somewhere here. Okay, so start pulling all these uh, files or resources. Okay, okay, now let's make another get request to blogger.com slash CSS, right? Plus one.js and then images. And then let's, let's talk about images. How does the image looks like here? Yay, the content type. Look at that. Image PNG, right? So you're going to receive different response, uh, response uh, things here. And some of these will get cached based on your e-tags, right? If you received an e-tag or not, it's gonna get cached. So the browser doesn't have to make these requests. Obviously it's more uh, performant this way. And then you get the idea, right? So we get a lot of requests. Do I have any other kind of status codes that I can show? Maybe if I refresh again, do I get any fancier status codes? No, it's all, yeah, there you go, there you go. 302 found, right? So I don't remember what that means. 302 found obviously it's found i think this is um this is the redirection thing there was another request that actually shows uh the the three 204 there you go what is this 204 so 204 yeah i forgot what that means okay guys all right so this is our quest we talked about request we talked about response how do i spin my own web server this is this is connecting to a server that it already exists. I want to spin my own server, sir. Okay, let's show you how to do that. What I'm going to do here, guys, is actually I'm going to open Visual Studio Code. You can download it for free. It's the best editor out there, in my opinion. Okay, you can disagree with that if you want to. 
but and I'm gonna spin up and I'm gonna write a simple HTML page and I'm going to spin up my own web server on my machine and I am going to request it from the browser let's do that okay let's go ahead and open a new folder all right guys so I'm gonna go ahead and create a new folder call it HTTP tutorial and then I'm gonna open this folder I am going to create a new brand new index.html doesn't have to be index.html but you can call it anything you want I'm gonna do HTML5 tab and I'm gonna go hello world and then gonna do it I don't know hello guys this is my first website then yeah right and then I'm gonna use the terminal here and this is the trick here I have installed a plugin with Node.js called HTTP server. You can go to the same path to the folder that you have and you go to terminal. Then when you do that, you do HTTP-server. I'm going to reference a video that is a literally a three-minute video to show you how to set up this thing. It's literally install Node.js, do, I think it's called npm install-g HTTP-server to install it globally. And then voila! We have running web server on port 8080. It's a little bit ugly. It's not just without a port, but we talked about how to forward ports and on other videos. Check out the other contents of this channel, guys. There's a lot. If you consider subscribing, you're gonna learn a lot of stuff. So I'm gonna use my own IP address, localhost 8080. And if I do that, ooh, that's my beautiful web page. Look at that. Let's take a look at the request. There's one, should be one request, right? That's it, one request. There's, there's no other thing to request. And then there's like, these are the requests that, uh, that Chrome sent. You can make the same request using uh, using the fetch API, which we talked about, the fetch API, I'm gonna reference it here. So let's go ahead and actually show you how to write JavaScript code to actually pull, not, not necessarily uh, the browser, right? But I'm gonna write code to pull this thing. Okay, so I'm gonna do HTTP localhost 8080 the fetch API and then close this thing and then then if that's okay go ahead and I'm expecting text back right and then go ahead then console.log just printed that thing and then boop, look at that guys so I just made a request using JavaScript here because JavaScript is the best language ever okay because you can open a browser on any machine and you can write code immediately. No plugin, you don't have to install anything, it just works, right? That's why I like JavaScript, okay? okay? Python, it's a great language, but that barrier that it doesn't allow me to work on any machine I want. This thing, any machine, just walk in a library and you can start writing JavaScript code right there without installing a single anything. Okay, that's the cool thing about it, okay? All right, guys. Let's jump back to boring slides. How about that? All right, so we talked about HTTP responses, requests, web servers. We showed you how to make a feature request. We showed you how to make a web server, spin up your own web server. We did all of that stuff, but how does it work? How does it really work? How does this HTTP work? Usually you have a client, that's your browser, or that's your JavaScript application, or that's your Python application, or that's your I don't know, C-sharp application that makes a request, that's your mobile app, that your iOS app, that makes a request to a server. You get the idea, right? And this is an AWS or the web server or anything that hosts a web server, an HTTP web server. Has to be an HTTP web server, understands how to deal with HTTP requests, okay? And here's what, what we really need to talk about here. 
HTTP is the layer seven protocol. So what does that mean? What are these layers that you talk about? I'm glad you asked because we made a video about this OSI model, Upper Interconnection, uh, Upper Interconnection Protocol and model, uh, which has this layer. Layer seven is the HTTP, SMTP, and all that stuff. We have layer four, which has the TCP, UDP. We have layer two which has the data link the frames the mac addresses and physical link layer one which is the actual fiber optics or or, or ethernet the actual electricity going on or the light okay so we talked about this in another video i'm gonna reference it here okay gonna reference the osi model please please take a look at it so it will actually explain to you how how this tcp connection works what are we how is this russian doll effect where we can put a uh, packet inside another packet inside another packet and then unpack it and shows another thing it's exactly like a russian doll thing http is this layer 7 protocol it's the logical layer where we have the application where we we talked about headers and what we talked about urls we talked about method types we talked about body the wires the actual internet connection if you look at that layer one it's just a bunch of ones and zero. And you probably know that, guys. It's like, okay, I know this is ones and zero. I said, you didn't see anything new, right? But it is actually a bunch of ones and zero. But that's at that level, it is actually literally, it's just electricity, to be honest, right? Or just light. And that light has some ones and zero snuck into that, into it, that only the destination actually can parse and make sense of it. There's a lot of garbage, so there is a, there's the devices that switches actually just can extract meaningful data of this light and electricity. Once we do that, the layer two that actually takes, actually makes a, a logical frame, which is still doesn't make sense to this application because it's a, it's a still ones and zeros, but it has metadata called MAC address, which is a physical network layer, network address. Okay, then upper another level, IP address. Oh, I, I know what an IP address is. At the layer three, you start seeing IP addresses. And the layer four, you start seeing even more cool stuff. You start seeing the ports, port 80. I don't think we talked about ports, but ports essentially is, is the application level concept, right? Once you see at the TCP layer, you start seeing these ports, okay? And then we're going up the other layer, this encryption layer, session layer, and then go all the way and then unpack all the dolls, the session doll, until we found a bunch of blob string that actually looks like an HTTP request. TCP is the vehicle that transports this blob of string for us, the HTTP that we talked about, right? It's just blindly transport this thing. It does it has no idea what it's transporting. It's just a stupid layer. It is, it is a smart layer, I'm sorry. It is a smart layer that does its job very well, okay? Let's rephrase it, okay? But it's just like a bus, just like a bus, Send send me data. I'm gonna receive it. I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna send it in a way that it is received correctly at the at the other end. And we talked about TCP and UDP. TCP is a little bit expensive because to ensure this integrity, it has to do a lot of stuff. It has to do a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Okay, and uh, congestion control and all that stuff. But TCP, it uses TCP in a nutshell. Okay. That's what I want to talk about. So a TCP as this vehicle is the, 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 the bus that carries this data around, okay? So it just chunks this data and then into packets and then shove this data into TCP and shit. But 
to, to start the TCP connection, we really need to essentially do some sort of a handshake first, okay? We, we have to like essentially three-way handshake, okay? Open a connection. To open a connection between the client and server. And that's the first thing we do. We open a connection because we're about to send a GET request. We just going to HusseinNasser.com, right? And we're going to that site. And the first thing I do, GET slash HusseinNasser.com. That's the only thing I sent, okay? This string of thing will get converted into bytes, and this bytes will become such a bits, ones and zeros and zeros, TCP, and then will get sent across to the server. And then you, uh, the get request will be received by the server, and the server will make the process this request, make sense of it, responds with the headers and the index.html, send it over to the TCP connection. This could be one package, it could be multiple packets, if you have a lot, right? Because TCP just breaks things down. Okay. But that's the idea. Make the request, send it back, close it. That's what HTTP actually does. Okay, I'm gonna talk about the differences, a little bit differences here between one zero and one. But that's the thing, that's it. Open TCP, close TCP. That has a cost, open and close, okay? HTTPS, it's exactly like HTTP, but there is something happens at the beginning. It's called a handshake. It's a TLS handshake or SSL handshake. And I'm gonna reference the video that we made on TLS guys, talk about how we actually establish a secure communication so all of the reason of this handshake is for those two to have the same key that's the all what it is tls and we talked about the details we actually zoomed in in this thing and we talked about it in details in that video so i'm not gonna go into that in there but essentially the the goal of this is let both party have a key the same key symmetrical key encryption Okay, and then let them exchange it. Now, if the client want to send, essentially encrypts, but to encrypt that, send the request, get request, and then the server will actually, if someone, if someone starts to sniff it, it will not understand it. Take that request, response, encrypt the response, send it back, and then close the connection. Okay. Now, talk about HTTP, talk about HTTP. S. Now, what is HTTP 1.0, oh, the first version, 1996? For some reason, okay, it was a good idea, right? So, remember guys, this is 1996. RAM was what? I think the maximum number of RAM was, was 64 megabytes right back then. I think that's the first computer I got, right? So, TCP connections... Establishing a TCP connection was expensive in, in terms of RAM because each TCP connection takes some memory, okay? And we didn't want to leave all these TCP connections open. So what we do, we, we thought that we are smart back in 1996 and said, okay, let's for each request, we're gonna open a connection, send the request, response, and then once we're done, we're gonna close the connection. And we thought it was a great idea. We thought it's a brilliant idea. But then index.html, that that's when we had what? Like the index.html had uh, what? Well, like text and that's it. Like this web 1.0 pages where it had like marquee text and, and what with blinking things and you know, the 1.0.1996 kind of websites if you're from that era. Right, so it doesn't have a lot of stuff, but as the internet became more popular, people start putting images in their index.html, people start doing a lot of stuff. So this index.html has a lot of stuff. So 
Guess what? That's not the first request and the only request we're gonna make, all right? Yes, you just close the TCP connection here, right? By the way, the CP connection is actually both sides, right? So this is here and there's another one here. So I just didn't show it. But that's the most critical one, the one that is here. That's the memory. So we close it. So we receive the reserve the memory and then the memory can be used for something other thing like playing Minecraft or where Minecraft didn't, wasn't invented in 1996. Never mind. Playing, playing Prince, if you guys know that game, Prince, Prince of Persia. So, close that thing, and then, guess what? I'm about to send another request because there's an image. That user needs to see that image, I have to request it at some point. So go ahead and open another connection. Request that image one.jpg. The server will open that connection on that side, and then spawns with the image, and then guess what, we close it again. And then, hey, by the way, I forgot. There's an image one, two. And then we close it. You can see how expensive this gets, right? If you watch, if you watch my TCP versus UDP, TCP is very slow to start. It is literally there is a problem called with TCP called TCP slow start. Okay, because it has to do a bunch of things, and TCP is slow in general because sending it has to do. All this congestion control, reordering packets and all that things and making sure everything is in order. So that's very expensive. So HTTP 1.0 didn't last a year, right? 1997 is like, that doesn't make any sense, guys. We really need to fix that, right? So we'll see how to fix it. So it establishes a new TCP connection with each request, which is slow. And what it does is like it is buffering the responses, okay, at the back end. So if you have like a large uh results like the like a huge index to html what it's gonna do is will literally buffers wait for the server to build all that index html and then sends it slowly to the service okay uh http one a little bit improved on that using streaming but instead this is using buffering okay one one all our problems are solved this is the only protocol that survived what 20 years because 2015 HTTP 2 became the dominant ones. I don't know if it's still dominant or not, but 2015, let's do the math. 2015 to 1997, that's 20 years old, more than that even, okay? This guy survived 20 years, okay? And it invented something called keep alive header. So it's a header, but the server, it's a server, uh, the header for the server to know that, oh, I probably shouldn't close that connection, huh? right so we open a connection normally we send a request but we send it i forgot to add it here a keep a live header which is part of the http request right and then at the server what we do is we will leave that connection we're not gonna close it i'm gonna keep it for you sir right as long as we d as we as as long as we agree that both this connection are kept on both sides so that's why the clients always the is the person all right, that tells the server, hey, please keep it alive. Please don't kill me, right? And then we made another request. I don't need to create a new st stupid connection, right? Doot, doot, doot. Fast, fast stuff, guys, right? And then oh, finally, when we're done, right, we close it. And whenever that means, right, when we're done, okay? Uh, HTTP 1.1 introduced caching with e-tags. I forgot to mention that. So, so 1.0 didn't have really 
good caching this e-tax concept which we, which we talked about right so in the description guys there will be a whole bunch of links to my videos right to, to talk about all of that stuff right hopefully youtube will also suggest some some of that stuff for you from my channel which will be if you go to watch it you're gonna support me thank you so much right one one we move to this persistent TV-CB connection or persistent connection model. If you heard this term before, that's what it means. We persist now. We gonna persist the connection, so we have lower latency. And then we have streaming with chuck transfer that we talked about instead of buffering. So the moment we have part of the HTML page, we're gonna send it, beep, beep, beep. we're gonna send it through the connection. We just, we're not gonna wait, right? Okay, so that's, and then we're gonna tell the client that, hey, by the way, uh, this is part one, part two, part three, part four. So, so at least if, if you want to show an image, you can show part of the image. I, I don't know if you guys remember back and when you had a slow dial-up connection, the image will literally just you can see the image loading. Okay, and that's because of the streaming chunk transfer. Okay, which by the way has been replaced with two or with a better multiplexing functionality, but. That's when you when you remember there's like the images. I'll try to put a Jeff here or something. The image loading, showing you the image actually loading. Remember dial up days? No, you don't. Okay, sorry. Pipelining. I don't want to talk about this because this is like some moot. Uh, it was it was a smart idea one, but it made more problems than than good. Like this HTTP pipeline, it has been actually disabled by default in in, in I think twenty. 15 2017 so you know what HTTP is having this problem called head of line problem which where where clients keeps waiting for the package to reorder themselves and which is which is I might make another video just talking about that HOL problem but pipelining where we send in these requests right and instead of sending and then waiting for the response sending and waiting for response sending and then waiting for response the the, the three blue lines will come first and then the three red lines would come after okay so we'll send them in parallel essentially okay this could be multiple threads because this could be like a uh, the, uh, the loop event the loop uh, mechanism where we actually send them all of at once and then wait for the result the problem with that is the ordering really so we have really to guarantee the order and that and that became really problematic. That's essentially pipelining in a nutshell, right? There's hopefully we're gonna close the video a little, little short here, right? I know I talked a lot, but uh, I hope I hope you guys uh, really enjoyed this video. I know my videos are long in general, but I hope there are a lot of content for you that actually uh, valuable, right? Uh, I don't make two or three or four, or five, even seven minutes video. I think I couldn't. I, I'm not good enough to make that short of video delivering good content for you that's why i i need to talk about a lot of other things because if i made a seven five six minutes video then i'm gonna cut a lot of things and and to me that was that isn't a valuable video because this channel is designed to make me a better software engineer to make you a better software engineer so you need to understand the details and nuts and bolts of things right that's why i need to talk about detailed things okay and 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 that's okay and if you disagree i i totally respect that right? but that's why my videos are long a lot of people complain about that a lot of people of you guys love that i have made 20 30 minutes videos but that's essentially my my point of this right so i make longer videos because there are a lot to talk about okay I can make break them into multiple videos, but you have to jump through multiple hoops to get one answer right. 
uh, HTTP2. I don't remember the timeline, I'm sorry guys for this, but uh, it was designed to solve a lot of problems in 1.1.1. One, 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 one. Uh, compression is one of them, but I really should put multiplexing as the first one. Multiplexing is essentially an idea where multiple requests come and get shoved into one channel. That's that's what multiplexing is. Like you go like a lot of wires coming into one place and you multiplex them into one. Okay, that's the same thing here. So if you remember our request, think of multiplexing like the client will join these requests and shove them into one TCP request, one TCP packet, if you will, not one TCP packet, multiple TCP packets as a one request. It goes as a one request. So logically, the HTTP protocol 2, 2.0, will, which is called Speedy, by the way, and then it was renamed to HTTP 2. It was just shoved into multiple one connection. And that's, you can see, it just, just like doing that, we solved the head of line problem, which is like the ordering of thing, because I'm saying one request, right? It, it looks like three requests, but it's actually... Uh, it looks like one request, but it's actually three requests or four or five, right? So we start doing that stuff, multiplexing. And then we found a way to compress these things because everything is now uh, bu protocol buffers, which is that uh, pro uh, the open source uh, format for um, was like Google that uh, designed it instead of using JSON or anything. So it's using a binary format, not necessarily protocol buffer. You can't support that if you want to. Uh, it uses a service push, so if you don't have to wait for the the request to come, the actual server will push request because it's a bi-direction, almost like a bi-directional request. Again, that looks like a re request response to a fetch API to a browser, but internally it's a server push, which is slightly faster. Okay. I'm really think I'm still thinking HTTP2 is stateless, right? I although under the hood it is stateful because if you think about it, all protocols are stateful because it's using TCP, which is stateful. But it gives you the the impression that is stateless at the end, and I think HTTP2 is still applicable to uh, stateless because if you if you destroy the server and you spin it up again, I can. It doesn't hold information about that or even it, it can resume my session my http session quickly right without me even noticing that it, something has broken okay that's the idea it uses speedy and it's always they those those guys decided to secure by default so it's always https okay because and the reason because of this protocol negotiation and the protocol negotiation is because we have a lot of old servers now 1.0 and point zero point nine, right? But we have to really negotiate, guys, the protocol that we're gonna use with the server, right? So the client have says, okay, can you support two O? Can you support HTTP two, please? So this protocol is called Next Protocol Negotiation, and which has been replaced with the application layer protocol negotiation, which is a little bit better. This this thing was trying to encrypt uh, the the requested protocol which is kind of useless right because like but this one is like transparent on the clay right so i'm gonna make a video just about these two essentially All right but essentially an idea is like you make a request and say hey this is the list of protocols that i support okay the server picks one and then 
that happens during the TLS negotiation. Okay, the TLS handshake, which that's where these two things, which, which is just let's talk about this because that's the new version. And that's an extension of TLS. ALPN is actually an extension of TLS that allows you to pick that and, and it does it very quickly because it's part of TLS and because it's part of TLS, it's always, it's always HTTPS, right? right and if it's not then they have to do this other stuff to pick the protocol and all that stuff right guys finally http2 over quick okay or recently actually i think 2018 september has been renamed to http3 it has been adopted by the internet task force internet engineering task for i e t f right i e t f okay it's been renamed to http3 now okay and the idea is it's exactly like HTTP2, but instead of using TCP, which is slow because of, of all this uh, frame ordering and, and, and um, the conjunction control and, and uh, a lot of other pro uh, cons of the TCP protocol, the slow start and all that stuff, right? they decided to use UDP instead. They use their different. But the problem with UDP, just using UDP, it is lossy, right? You're gonna lose, you don't guarantee that you're gonna receive the request in intact in right correctly right it doesn't have conjunction doesn't have anything just send the data and you just hope that you're gonna receive it correctly right so google came up with quick right which i think stands for quick use udp internet connection which people don't like to call it that is that's not an acronym for anything it's just literally called quick okay and then udb with congestion control that's what it is essentially and there's a lot of going on i'm not gonna go through details but it has all the http features but it replaces the tcp as this vehicle that transfers thing and instead of this tcp let's use quick which is the udp with some features that makes it uh uh reliable if you will okay this still this is still experimental it did not uh, hit the road yet, right? Uh, Google is still, I think they're still using it though, internally within Google server, but uh, it, it didn't see a wide adoption yet, right? So it's still experimental. HTTP3 is still experimental, but if you saw HTTP3, that's, that's it. It's just HTTP2 over quick, okay? Uh, if I missed anything, guys, do let me know in the comment section below, okay? Obviously, not perfect, okay? This is my research. This is the research I did, and then that's what I found, okay? We talked about HTTP anatomy. It's a long video. We talked about request response. We talked about 1.0. We talked about 1.1 over TCP, HTTP 2 over TCP, and all the problems that we solved, the speed that we got with each one of those, right? And then we're almost here, HTTP 2, and we're moving to HTTP 3 in the future. Alright guys, hope you enjoyed this video. If you enjoyed it, give it a like, subscribe to this channel, hit that notification bell to uh, check out the other content of this channel. We have, we talked about all sorts of software engineering, right? That's the goal of the software this ch channel, right? I want to become a better software engineer. I want you to join me in this journey, right? We're going to learn everything that is to software engineering. And uh, I know that we're not going to get there ever right because there is a lot to learn and that's the beauty of it it's an unlimited game it's an unlimited game we can never be the best because there is literally infinite information out there okay and it's like pokemon we're gonna catch them all okay hopefully but 
You know Ash never caught them all, did he? I don't know, there are a lot of Pokemons out there. But we'll try to cut all, we'll catch all the software engineering uh, Pokemons out there, but I don't. I really doubt it. But that kind of make me want to push more and learn and learn and learn more. All right, I'm gonna stop talking right now, guys. Sorry, and thank you so much. If you really made it to this end, thank you so much for making it all this way to the end of this video. You guys rock. Leave a comment in this section if you want to say anything. Okay, if you want to troll me, feel free. Good. If you, if you want to say that you suck, feel free. If you like this video, say so. All right, and uh, love you so much. Stay awesome. Gonna see you in the next one. Goodbye.